Good morning and happy Thanksgiving and welcome to Eaglemont Church. My name is Terry Belcourt and I'm a member of Eaglemont Christian Church and I'm giving the pastors a break this morning. But before we dig into God's word, I have some questions for you. So why are you watching this service today? Why have you chosen to listen to Eaglemont Christian Church online? And how did you get connected with Eaglemont? So while you're thinking about these questions, let me tell you why I'm here this morning. Well, first of all, it's because I'm preaching today. That's a given. So my wife and I, Brenda, we have been attending Eaglemont Church for the past six years. We've chosen to attend Eaglemont for several reasons, and let me give you a few. Number one, when we moved to Beaumont six years ago, well, the church is only two blocks from our house, so it's very convenient. Number two, we've known Pastor Marlo and Miriam for about 25 years. Uh, we trust them. We know their hearts. We know their love for this community, for this church. And actually, they're part of the reason that we moved to Beaumont in the first place. After visiting them a couple times a year, we liked the small town atmosphere, close to the city, but yet not in the city. And number three, as a couple, Brenda and I have always made attending church a priority in our lives. And even when pastoring in a small town and we were away on holidays, I wanted to go to church. Now, Brenda would like a break because she felt we're always in church, but I wanted to just sit and hear someone else preach and just listen and without any pressure and just listen to God's word. It just has always been important for us to attend church. And number four, Eaglemont Community Church preaches and teaches many of our core values. For example, the Eaglemont Christian Church mission statement is, is this. Committed in simplicity to knowing God, loving people, and serving the world. But one of the main reasons that Brenda and I attend, and specifically attend Eaglemont's church, which we call our church, is because God has created us for community. Now, where have you heard that before? Well, we heard that from Pastor Marlow last week. It wasn't until last Saturday night that I was reading the weekly email that the church sends out. Sends out and as I scrolled down the newsletter, I saw that Pastor Marlow was speaking about community and cause. And I panicked. Pastor Marlow was preaching about community. Well, I had my sermon 90% complete, and so I took it with me last Sunday morning, I sat in the back of the church and I took notes of everything that Marlo, Pastor Marlowe was saying. And then I thought, what do I do for this week? Should I change topics? Should I start over? Or should I kind of treat it like same page focus where in our small groups, where on Sunday you hear the sermon about a topic and then midweek as a small group, you talk about the same topic as Sunday morning. So here's my thought process. If you were watching online last week or you were in church last week, some of the things you hear this morning may be the same challenges as you heard last week. But maybe if you're like me, you can't even remember what you had for supper last night. But if you have a good memory, then you might remember some of the things that Pastor Marlowe said. So you can, you can play this game. What? did Marlo say last week? Or that's what Marlo said last week. And you can keep it in your mind. And really, sometimes we need to hear things two or three times for them to sink in. So my prayer this morning is that what you hear will piggyback what Pastor Marlo said last week. So here we go again. We were created 
for community. People need community. People live in towns. People build cities because they want to be together. People attend sporting events. Thousands of people, tailgate parties before these sporting events. People just want to be together. People go to concerts, all kinds of music concerts, thousands of people to be together because they have the same thing in common, the same music, the same artists. People gather in bars together or restaurants because they want to be with people. They want that fellowship. They crave community. They, they crave a belonging. You can go to any of the provincial parks or any of the campgrounds all across Alberta and Canada and people are there every weekend because they want to be together. People crave community. And it's the same as the church. Now there's nowhere in scripture where we are told to be alone, to act alone, or to stay alone. And from the beginning, we were meant to be in community. In the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, God states it is not good that man should be alone. And God sets the relational example in holy communion between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We have the same desire to be among other people, to not be alone, to be relational. Jesus knew this when he surrounded himself with 12 disciples. And the roots of the church are based in community. When people gathered together, they broke bread. And in Acts, the Lord added to their numbers day by day. Now, Marla talked about that last week. The church, or the local community of believers, is essential to our spiritual well-being. Believers who are followers of Jesus Christ need each other. And God expected them to be there for each other. And God has ordained that we, we play a vital part in each other's faith. For that reason, we are commanded in Hebrews 10.25 not to give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And Pastor Marwell talked about that last week, so little check mark. That's twice now. Author and theologian Henry Nguyen points out that we are unified by our common weaknesses, our common failures, our common disappointments, and our common inconsistencies. See, that's the uniqueness of the church. We have such a diverse group of people. We have different backgrounds, different traditions, different tastes, different ages, different political views, but we gather together in what? In unity because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. We have one cause, the great commandment, to love God and to love others. So does this mean that we always get along? Does this mean that we always agree? Of course not. Does that mean that I'm right and you're wrong because we have different opinions? Well, I'll just stick to one of my sayings that I used to use when I was the pastor of a church. You do things your way, and I'll do things God's way. Of course, I'm just kidding. As the pastor, it's not always about being right. Sometimes it's about timing. I remember several board meetings, and sometimes... Sometimes God would speak to you and give you an idea of, of what direction you should go into in the church or, 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 or other issues that are going on, and you feel that God has spoken to you. And you take it to the board, and they're like, oh, I'm not sure about that. And so instead of me pushing my idea, I would think maybe the timing is not right. 
And so I'd pray about it and leave it in God's hands. And you know what? Many times, six, seven months later, one of the board members would bring up the idea in maybe a little bit of a different angle. And all the rest of the board would get behind it. And I'd go, hey, great idea. Let's go with it. We are called to work together. To work together in unity to build the body of Christ. Now, I want to give you several examples in Scripture. There's many, but I'm only going to give you a few here. So if you want to follow along, maybe jot these down to remember that, that God has commanded us to work together. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Jesus gives his disciples the great commandment, and together they are to go out and make disciples of all nations. Mark 6, verse 7. Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. He gave them the authority over impure spirits, and they worked together. John 15, 4 to 8. <clears throat> Jesus claimed to be the true vine, and that we are the branches. And no branch can bear fruit on its own. Jesus wants us, us together, to bear fruit, to see lives changed, to see lives welcomed into the kingdom. But in order to do that, we need to be connected to the vine. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 12 to 31. The church is like a body. Though there's one body, there are many parts. And we need each other to be healthy. No body part is more important than another. And no body part can survive on its own. Ephesians chapter 4 is all about unity and maturing in the body of Christ. Working together and growing together. As many of you know, it can be a challenge to work together in unity. At times, we question each other's motives. Are they godly or are they just selfish? Because you know what? The enemy wants to divide us. He wants to keep us apart. He wants to stop us from doing God's work. You know, I used to have a poster in my office that read this. When those who are called to fish don't fish, they fight. Let me repeat that. When those who are called to fish don't fish, they fight. So God has called us to be fishers of men, to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. But when all we do is fight and bicker and disagree over small things, there's not a lot of fishing that goes on. And what I find is it's really hard to fish from home. And for me, it's a lot better to go fishing with others and, and, and getting ideas and working together. Either way, we are not to just sit at home like a hermit and let life pass us by. <clears throat> In his book, Imagine Your Life Without Fear, Max Lucado gives us some significant insight when it comes to church. He says this, Questions can make us hermits. They can drive us into hiding. Yet the cave has no answers. Christ distributes courage through community. He dissipates doubts through fellowship. He never deposits all the knowledge in one person, but he distributes pieces of the jigsaw puzzle to many. And when you interlock your understanding with mine, we share our discoveries. When we mix, mingle, and confess and pray, Christ speaks. <clears throat> so we need to be involved with the body of believers. I want to take you now to Luke chapter 4. 
This is important. It's a great example. We have Jesus who was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. And after the temptation, he goes to Galilee and he starts to preach with the power of the Holy Spirit. And news is spreading about his teaching. And he was teaching in the synagogues and everyone was praising him. And in verse 16, sometimes we overlook this, but I want to read this to you and make note of this. It says, he, being Jesus, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Here we see that Jesus went to church. It was in Nazareth where Jesus received his training, where he grew in wisdom and stature. He was taught by others and he found favor with God and men. But it was his custom. Attending the synagogue was the normal part of his weekly routine. It was his spiritual foundation from his youth. And so Jesus modeled to us the importance of being in church, being with other believers. There's also this importance of being taught by others and the importance of him teaching as well. Because really, it's hard to grow spiritually on your own. I mean, you can try. There's a story of a, <clears throat> a farmer who decided not to go to church anymore. He thought, you know what, I can read God's word at home. I can talk to God anytime I want. And so he stopped going to church. So one evening when the farmer's wife and kids were away, the pastor stopped by his home, sat down. The farmer invited him in and said, hey, have a coffee. Let's sit around the fire. So they sat around the fire and they just talked about farming. They talked about politics. They talked about the weather, all the, the usual small talk. And all the time, the farmer was waiting for the pastor to ask him, why aren't you going to church? But the pastor just sat there. And they watched the fire. And as you know, that the fire burns and it gets smaller and smaller and gets a little bit cooler. And then there's just a flicker of one little log left. And the pastor got up and he grabbed a few logs and he put them on the fire. And the fire began to, to get big again. And it began to glow. And the heat was there. And the pastor sat back and said, Now that is a fire. Can you feel the heat? Can you see the glow? And with that, he stood up and he shook hands with the, with the farmer and said it was time to leave. And the farmer looked at him and said, you know what, pastor? I think I'll be in church next Sunday. One log goes out on its own. We all know that. We all love watching fires. But when many logs are put together, there's a glow, there's a brightness, and you're drawn into it. Two weeks ago, Brenda and I got together with three other couples for a potato pancake supper. An evening of visiting and playing games and all of us four couples attended different churches. And during our evening conversation, we began to share what church was like for us doing church at home. And then as we started attending church in person again, what were some of our likes and dislikes about this whole situation that we're in? So one of the ladies said it was nice not to rush to church. It's nice at times to stay home, wear my pajamas, grab a coffee, and watch church online. Although she sang along with the worship team, her husband never felt comfortable singing along at home. One of her other friends said there's no way that he would watch church unless he got up and showered, he shaved, and he dressed for church. 
not even wearing shorts at home. He was going to church and he was dressing for it. One of the couples mentioned that they were attending a new church and they were finding it hard to meet new people, especially during social distancing and limit time for visiting and of course, there's the masks. Now, none of us really like wearing masks and I'm sure none of us would if we didn't have to at this time. But I want you to think about this. Maybe if we dig deep enough, we can find some advantages to wearing the masks. Here's a few. Now, if you're wearing a mask on Sunday morning and you're not really liking what the pastor's saying and you're just a little bit bored, he can't even see that you're yawning. There's an advantage. And what about you men? Why even shave in the morning? If you have to wear a mask, you can save some time. And ladies, do you really need makeup? Or at least lipstick? Really? Not if we're wearing a mask. And just imagine how much food that you could tuck in your masks. I don't know how much you could fit in there, but you could have all kinds of little snacks in there and eat during the whole service, and no one would even know. And really, I mentioned this one to my wife, but I don't think it's going to fly, but do you really need to even brush your teeth? I mean, if I'm going to wear my mask the whole morning and don't even take it off outside when I'm talking to people, who needs to brush their teeth? Just saying. And of course, right now, there's no shared food. There's no coffee bar. It's not open. And we're urged not to linger too long in the building, especially the church needs to be clean. And some churches have multiple services and they have to get ready for the next service. So as our evening conversation went along with these four couples, we were all in agreement of this one thing. No matter what the inconvenience is, we were glad to be back in church with other believers. And I agree. But it's not because I miss this building or I miss the church building. It's not because I miss being in the church building, but it's because I missed the church, which is you. You are the local church, the local group of believers that choose to worship and serve with me and my wife and our friends here. I really missed worshiping in person. I missed live worship where I sing along. I'm like, like friend, I don't like singing at home. I don't like hearing my voice when there's not lots. My wife sings along. I don't like doing it. But at church, I can sing with other believers and feel comfortable. I missed all the families sitting together, young and old. I missed the kids running around, running around and chasing the balls and getting to know some of these kids. I missed visiting after church, visiting good friends. So, you know, this church, Eaglemont Christian Church means so much to me. Actually, it means so much to us as a couple. Because we are encouraged when we come here. We are challenged when we come here. And we are reminded that we're not alone. We're not alone in what we believe and the life we've chosen to live as Christians. So when I'm at church or when I'm online and, 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 and know there's other believers out there, I see that there's more than just people out there. I see brothers and sisters in Christ. I also see friends. I see friends that we share life with. Because our relationships go beyond these walls. And when I see you in person, when I see you online, when I see you, you know, you're, you're on YouTube or Facebook and, and, and you're like, hey, I'm here this morning, I'm encouraged. Because then I'm reminded of the times that we serve together. 
that we laugh together, that we cried together, we have prayed together, we have shared meals together. Some of my greatest memories from this church, from Eagle Mind Christian Church, has been attending small groups together. And now Marlo talked a lot about small groups last week, and, and, and we're starting next, next Sunday, our, our same page focus. But some of my closest friends have come from small group. These are the people that go out of their way to know the names of my kids. These are the people who have prayed for us, who have supported us, especially when Brenda was thinking of changing jobs last November. What a support our small group was. These are the people who would come to my assistant in a heartbeat. If you called, they'd be there. These are the people who, one of them, came home late from a holiday on a Friday night, got up early on Saturday morning, drove out to the men's retreat so he could help. These are the people who have had us over in their homes, who we go for walks together with, who we sit around a fire and just chat about life. These are the people, the people I've got to know in my small group, these are the people I trust. Now, in going back to my original question, why am I here this morning? Probably the biggest reason that I'm here attending this church, here speaking to you, part of this local body of Christ, is because of the people I've met in small groups. They have kept me here. They have encouraged me. They have loved me. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12, we read this. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. This morning I want to end with a short letter to you, to you, the people of Eaglemont, the people who call Eaglemont Christian Church their home. Now Paul wrote many letters to the churches. Many of his letters like the one in Corinth and, and to, to Corinth and to Galatia, were written to combat sin. Now, there was sin in the church, and he wrote these letters. While many of them contain blessings to help the church, they are, in fact, letters of rebuke and correction. But the letter to the church at Philippi, it was different. In its pages, we find no words of rebuke, no words of correction. All we find are words of praise and affection. This church, it would seem, stood with Paul in prayer, in fellowship, and support. So if I had to write a letter to Eaglemont Christian Church, it would sound similar to the letter that Paul wrote to this church in Philippi. So I'm going to take some liberty this morning and change a few words. I hope you allow me to do that. But it fits our situation. So I'm going to read from Philippians 1, <clears throat> verses 1 to 11. And I'm reading this to you, Eaglemont Christian Church, the believers who worship and serve together with our family. So I know it says Paul and Timothy in here, but I'm going to put Terry and Brenda, servants of Christ, along with you, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Eaglemont, together with the leaders and pastors Grace and peace to you from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, 
I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you. Since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer for you, Eaglemont, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless. For the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. This morning I want to end with just some simple words. Thank you, Eaglemont. Thank you for being the body of Christ. You have been and you will continue to be a big part of my spiritual walk, my spiritual growth. And so I want to end with this. I thank God every time I remember you. Let's pray. God, first of all, I want to thank you for the worldwide church, for bodies of believers who gather every Sunday to worship you. But I want to, this morning, concentrate on my church family here, those who are watching, those who are in church on Sunday morning. <clears throat> I thank you for those believers who love me, love my wife, support us, encourage us, pray for us, and we do the same. I thank you that we have a body of believers that we can worship together, we can serve together, and we can grow together. Father, I pray that Eaglemont Church can be a light in our community that people will see that we have a love and a unity for each other, and it spills over in our communities, that people would see Jesus Christ through our lives. And so, God, I just ask a blessing for all those who call Eaglemont their home or who are considering calling Eaglemont their home, that they would be blessed in their marriages, that they would be blessed in the relationships between, between parents and children, between co-workers, between neighbors, that people would see Jesus Christ in our lives. And so, God, I just thank you for Eaglemont Church and what it means to me. And may you bless each person who calls this their home church. Because I know there'll be more in the future if we work together and go out and spread God's word. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.